Well, good morning, Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church. I'm glad to be here. I'm Pastor Richard Harris, and I just want to start by giving praise and honor and glory to our Lord Jesus Christ. I am so glad that he saved me and he brought me out of where I was to where I can be now, and I'm glad to be ministering to you today. I also want to give honor to our leadership team here at uh, Good Hope and thank God for Pastoral, Pastor Pickett and our pastoral team. This morning, I want to talk to you about something that I think is very important, especially considering what we've been through this last year and what we're still going through. I want to talk to you about hope that you can hang on to. Hope that you can hang on to. I know a little bit about hanging on to hope because some of you know, not all of you probably, but some of you know that about a year and a half ago, or a year and 14, 15 months ago, my job at Southeastern University, where I had been a professor for 18 years, a full-time professor, suddenly ended because of COVID. They laid off a bunch of people, a lot, like 25% of the pastoral uh, or professors that were full-time. Now, I still got to teach part-time, but I had to find some way to some way to uh, get that, that money replaced, obviously, that income. And I ended up doing something that absolutely left me pretty hopeless. But I want to tell you that story real quick, and then let's get into the scripture. Because I became a high school English teacher. Now, I never taught high school. I never taught English. That was not my subject that I taught at the university. I didn't know anything about it, but I, I took the test, the state test. I passed the state test. So now I was a high school English teacher. Oh, boy. I did not know what I was getting myself into. It was four times worse than I could even imagine. I just wasn't cut out for it. It wasn't me. My hat goes off to people who are able and feel called to teach in the public school. Because that's, that's a calling. That's a gift that you've got. I didn't have it. And I was miserable. I, I didn't do a good job. I didn't do a good job for my students. I didn't do a good job for me. I mean, it was just really bad. I understood that. But it was like, where do I need to be? I knew that where I really fit in, how God had shaped me, was I needed to be back at Southeastern University as a professor. That's what I needed to do. So about halfway through December, I had just had enough. I didn't know how much more I could take. And I texted the president of the university. Now, he and I were friends. I mean, I texted him every once in a while. But, but you know, I texted him and I just said, Dr. Engel, we need to meet. And so he set up a meeting, and I went in, and I just kind of laid it out for him. I said, look, this is where I need to be. You know? And here's the words. Here's the words that he gave me on that, after that meeting. He said, Richard, I can't promise you that you're going to come back. But he said, I, I want you back. We'll just have to see how the finances go. But I can tell you this. I'll give you one word, and that word is hope. I walked away from that meeting and I felt better. You know why? Because I had hope. 
Now, it, it wasn't like a member of the uh, restaurant staff there at the school had said, you know what, I think you're going to come back. No, it was the president of the university. So I went to the top. Friends, if you need hope, go to the top. Now, is there anyone higher than the president of the university? Sure, God. And don't you think I didn't go to God every single day? I went to God and said, God, you got to rescue me from this situation because I'm just not cut out for this. So I went to God. But then I also, I also said, all right, Lord, show me, show me what I can do. What do I need to do? Who do I need to talk to? And I went and I talked to the right person. Well, needless to say, I'm back at Southeastern University. I'm a professor. I'm feeling so much better about it. But I held on because I didn't get, I didn't get the final word that I was actually coming back. Here's a contract. Sign it until around the end of May. So I had five and a half months that I was holding on. But that's what hope will do for you. Hope will allow you to hold on. The passage we're going to look at today, and, and I'm just going to pull out a few things from it because we don't have, have time to really get into it. There's a lot of meat in here, okay? 1 Peter chapter 1. If you want to read a book about hope, 1 Peter is the, is the book. 1 Peter is a book about hope. So let me read 1 Peter chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 1 to 7. We're going to look at some of them in our time together here. It starts out this, this way. Peter an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, strangers in the world, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by his blood, grace and peace be yours in abundance. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Is there hope? That's the question that a lot of people have on their minds today. Because, you know, we live in a broken world. And things are literally falling apart around us every single day. We, we wake up every day and we say, can it get any worse? And then we open up the newspaper or we turn on the TV news and we hear about, it's gotten worse. It's like, where is the hope? Is there any hope? We're hungry for hope. And First Peter, this passage gives us that hope, the hope that we can have in Jesus Christ. So, I, you know, I, I searched the Internet to see, you know, well, what, what does the Internet have to say about hope? Because, after all, the Internet knows everything, right? Yeah. So I searched the Internet. Uh, I, found, I found some interesting websites. Here's a couple of things I found out. This was advice uh, on how to have hope. All right, all right. I'll just give you three of them. Oh, you can search. If you want to laugh, search for this. 
Number one, have a cup of tea. Have a cup of tea. Now, I'm not a coffee drinker. I'm a tea drinker. I'm British. I'm British American. We were raised on tea. I, you know, and, and I think that's a wonderful advice. Have a cup of tea. Guess what? You can have all the cups of tea you want. It's not going to give you hope. It might make you feel better. It might de-stress you a little bit. But it's not going to give you hope. Come on. Here, here, here's another one I found. Say this affirmation every day in front of a mirror. I am the key to peace. But, you know, I'm all for affirmations. You know, what we say to ourselves is very important. But I'll tell you what, I'm not the key to peace, and neither are you. It doesn't matter how often you tell me, tell yourself that. That's not going to give you hope. All right, here's the last one I found that I'll share with you. Create a daily ritual where you light a candle and you meditate as you stare into the flame. Ooh. Now, again, there's nothing wrong with doing that. If you want to light a candle... And it kind of like soothes you and relaxes you and de-stresses That's wonderful. I'm all for it. But friends, staring into a candle is not going to change your circumstances. Staring into a candle is not going to give you hope. You know, and we, we, we look to these crazy things thinking that's going to do it. It's not going to do it. Uh, other things, we, we put our hope in our money, or we put our hope in our credentials, or we put our hope in our education, or we put our hope in our investments. We put our hope in other people. But friends, that's, that's, it's just not going to do it because that can all fail. That can all fail. I knew when I was going to uh, the president at the university, you know, I was going in there with fear and trembling. I mean, I knew that he could just say, nope. Not interested. Now, I was hoping he was not going to say that because then I would have lost all hope. He's like, well, that, the door has shut in my face now. But he didn't. He gave me hope. But you know what? I knew who to go to. I knew who to go to. And I was going to God every single day asking for his help and guidance. Let me give you another scripture verse before we unpack some of that First Peter chapter 1. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, those who trust in the Lord. Now, oftentimes that word trust can be replaced with hope. Those who hope in the Lord, right? They put their faith, their trust, their hope. Those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Well, let's look at this whole idea of hope. Four reasons that Peter gives us for hope. He actually gives us more than that, but we're only going to unpack four of them uh, this morning. The first one is this, four reasons for hope. The first one is, God chose me before I chose him. God chose me before I chose him. Uh, verse two, God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, and his spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago. God chose you before you chose him. He cared about you when you didn't even care about him. He knew about you because he made you before you even knew he existed. He chose you. That's important to me. You know, it's nice to be chosen, isn't it? I remember when I was a kid growing up, boy, 
out on the playground, yeah, I time to choose teams. Yeah, if it had anything to do with athletics or physical ed or anything like that, I was the last one chosen. I was horrible at it. Now in the classroom, uh, when it came time to pick teams like for maybe a math contest or a spelling bee or something like that, oh, everybody wanted me on, on their side then. Yeah, but, you know, and it, and it made me feel good. You know, that kind of made up for a little bit of what happened out on the playground, right? You know, because it, it makes you feel good to be chosen, doesn't it? You love it. You love it. It makes you feel good, okay? I, it gives you hope when you realize, hey, they chose me. They want me. Guess what, friends? God wants you. God chose you before you chose him. All right, here's number two. God always treats me with mercy. Verse 3, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. God always treats me with mercy. That gives me hope, friends. Because if he didn't, wow. Hope's, hope's out the window. You know? If he treated me the way he probably should treat me, I'd be in trouble. Yes, yeah, so would you. Now, you know it, right? But he treats us with mercy. Wow. God's love for us, his salvation. Okay, That gives me hope because it is by that mercy that I'm spiritually born into his family. Here's number three. God's power will protect me. God's power will protect me. That gives me hope. Right? Look at this. Verse 5. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. Through your faith, God is protecting you by his power. I mean, let's be honest. Sometimes we're in situations where we do feel hopeless, we feel helpless. Sometimes we're in situations we feel powerless, and, and, and we need protection. We get into dangerous situations sometimes, and we need somebody to come along and, and rescue us and protect us. And it says that God is protecting you by his power. Did you ever think about that? You know, we, 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 we talk about angels around, but you, you, there are angels right now in, in, in this room where we're recording. There are angels here. Yeah, you know, we can't see them. I can't see them. I have a friend who, who, who says that he can see angels. He's seen them. I'm, I don't see them, but, but I, don't, I believe him. You know, well, why not? Yeah, because I know from God's word that they're here. And they're here to protect, to minister to God's children, that's you, that's me. If we accept Christ as our Savior, they're here to protect us. I, I'm, I'm willing to say that I think it was God's angels who protected me those many years when I was growing up, and I did not know him. How many times has an angel protective hand been upon me? Because, boy, I got myself into all kinds of terrible situations. I mean, I've been shot. You know, you know I've, I've had three assassination attempts that I've lived through. You cannot tell me that God was not protecting me and watching out for me, and his angels were, were right there. Well, that gives me hope. That gives me hope to get up in the morning, and I know 
that God's hand's going to be, nothing's going to come on me that God is not going to allow it to come on me. So even if I get hurt during the day, well, God, there's a reason for it. There's some reason. Well, I don't know. I probably won't know why, but there's some reason for it. But I know God is still loving me and protecting me. All right, here's number four. Here's the last one. God is preparing me for eternity. Now that gives me hope. This world is not all there is, even though this world is important. Your life is important, but it's not the end. It's not all there is. There's more. There's eternity. Okay? And so we need to understand that as well. 1 Peter uh, uh, chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. So be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead, even though you have to endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Through your faith, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You know, it, in that in that short couple of verses, it, it tells us immediately, it tells us why God allows problems in your life. If you didn't have any problems, you wouldn't worry about hope. <laughs> when we have problems, that's when we need hope, right? Okay? But he tells you why. Well, for, he, he says it's, it's, they're necessary. Okay? All right? uh, some, some translations say um, you have to. Okay? There's a wonderful joy ahead even though you have to endure many trials for a little while. You have to. So they're, they're, they're necessary. They're necessary. They're going to come. Life is going to come with trials and tribulations and temptations. And life is just going to come with troubles. That's all there is to it. That's, that's life. Okay? We live in a fallen world. And so it's going, to have, it's going to cause some troubles. So they're necessary. But it also says they're temporary. They're not going to last. They're not going to last. It says you have to endure many trials for a little while. For a little while. All right? In other words, it's going to pass. Okay? You're going to get through it. And you just need to believe that. And hang on to that because God's going to get you through whatever trial you're going through. And then the third thing is, they're necessary, they're, they're, they're temporary, but also they're varied. They're varied. It says you're, you're, you're going to have to endure many trials for a little while. That word can also be translated various trials. Okay, so, so you make it through one trial. Okay, guess what? That built your hope because you made it through. Great, because right around the corner, you know there's going to be another trial. There's going to be something. Now, it's not going to look like that first one. It's going to be a little bit different, probably, you know, but it's there. But the fact that God brought you through this one means it's going to strengthen your faith. God's going to bring you through this other one. Right? So you just keep on holding on to that hope. Trials come to test my faith. It strengthens me, he says. It comes to purify my motives. Okay. There's a reason for it. So I have hope today. I have hope as we face a very unknown future when every day just seems to be piling on more and more and more. It's like, it can't get any worse. Well, and then, well, it seems like, wow, there's another trial coming up. Another test, another trouble coming up. That's life, friends, okay? But we can have 
hope. I have hope because God chose me before I ever chose him. I'm chosen. So are you. God wants you in his kingdom. I have hope that no matter how many mistakes I make, God's still going to be mercy to me, have, have, show mercy to me. He's going to be merciful, right? I, I have hope in God that, that he is going to protect me with his mighty power. And, and I have hope that God is preparing me for something even better than this life. He's preparing me for eternity with him. Okay? And I have hope that because the word says so. You know what? Back to my story. That university president gave me what I needed in December. I needed a word of hope. And that's all he could give me at that point. He says, I'm going to give you hope. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to try. I want you to come back. I can give you hope. I saw him several times in the next five and a half months. Why? Well, because I just made myself present on the campus. I, I followed everything that was going on, and if there was some public event that I knew that the president was going to be at, I would make sure that I was going to be there too, so that he'd see me. He'd keep me top of mind, and I'd come up to him. I didn't bother him. I didn't bug him. I didn't send him a bunch of text messages. I'd just come up to him and greet him, and I'd just look at him, and I'd say, Kent, is there still hope? And he would, every time he smiled and said, I'm working on it, there's hope. He told me that three or four times. And every time I walked away from that campus thinking, I'm going to come back here. I'm going to come back and do what God has called me to do. And that is to educate young adults. That's what I'm going to come back to. I held on to that hope. And don't think I didn't pray every single day because you better believe I did. And ask God, oh God, please make this happen. And he did. What about you? What about you? Are you facing a seemingly hopeless situation? Well, the God who created the universe, the God who created you, the God, the God who, who parted the Reed Sea for the Israelites, the God who saved Noah from the flood, the God, the God who raised Jesus from the dead. <laughs> He's the God. He is the God who can see you and see you for where you are and where you need to be. He is the God who can turn that hope into a blessing. But if you haven't taken it, the very first step is making sure that that God is your God. Making sure that Jesus Christ is your Lord and your Savior. How do you do it? Well, you believe. You believe that Jesus died for your sins. You believe he is the Son of God. And then you confess your sins, because the Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's you, that's me, that's everyone. You confess them, and, and you forsake them. And you say, yeah, that's called repentance. You, and you say, I want, I, want, I, want, I want to turn around. I want a different life, Lord. Give me that different life. I'm sorry for the th times I've let you down. I don't want to let you down anymore. And you repent. And then you receive him. You say, I receive you, Jesus, into my life. I receive your salvation. Oh, and get this. I receive your hope for me. Let's pray. God, our Heavenly Father, first of all, I want to I thank you for giving me hope.
for keeping my hope alive. And I want to thank you for restoring me back to where I believe you called me to be. I also want to pray for our public school teachers because I've seen firsthand they got a difficult job. They've got a job that I really can't do. But many of them have been called to that job. So Lord, strengthen them. Strengthen them. And then, Father, I pray right now for everyone listening. If, if, you, if they have not received you as their Lord and Savior, Father, I pray today will be the day that they will find the answer. They'll find that hope that they need. And then, Father, I pray for all the believers who are watching. And Lord, when troubled times come, and they come all the time, may we look to you for hope and for strength. May we look to you in faith. Father, may we find our hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. We love you. We love you, Lord. Thank you for choosing us and loving us first. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.